Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Wine wow. and Crime. Good fall asleep. <laughs> I love her ASMR NPR voice, and I am exhausted. ASNPR. ASNPR. Oh my gosh, she's making me yawn. <laughs> the shit. podcast where no. three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. I don't get it. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I'm Kenyon, and I'm really sick. It's not COVID, but I'm drinking alcohol mixed with tea. Nice. I'm Lucy, and I'm also still sick, but I'm drinking wine and also a cup of Campbell's creamy tomato soup. <laughs> Together? You're drinking that? Yeah, Did just back and forth. Did you pour the wine into it? Just like a She's weird double bloody fisting. Fart. I'm double fisting. And tomato And a string cheese, if you must know. I mustn't. Thank you, though. (laughs) Wow. Haven't eaten dinner. (laughs) Neither have I, but I'm still not doing that. Okay, uh, I'm Amanda, and I'm still somehow the healthiest one of these three, which is shocking. You're flying way too close to the sun. I'm flying so fucking close to the sun, you guys. I don't know. Let's see what happens. You did have a grandparent die. I did have a grandparent die, but I actually was just going to say that, like, I am traveling to Boston for her funeral, and every family funeral in my life is a blast. Is a, a, <laughs> a more party. fun than it should be. B an absolute party. C usually someone gets too drunk. There's often a fight. I have a feeling I'll, I'll be ill by the end of next week, but maybe not with like COVID or a cold. I more might just, just be like psychologically stress. ill. Yeah. An existential existential is, illness. Yeah. Is there going to be another Olive Garden dinner? No, because <laughs> Grammaire was not an Olive Garden OG. An OG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the other she, one. Her fa- one of her favorite restaurants was this like um, adorable Chinese food restaurant in Westboro. Mm-hmm. I could see us maybe going there. That's where she had her uh, birthday party, which was like literally just a week before she died. Uh, but my <laughs> be like you're back again. We're back, but most of us minus one. <laughs> Weirdest Sorry. thing, we brought her here Table to eat for, for her birthday, 14. and within a week she died. <laughs> Yikes! So we're gonna so need you a comp meal. Back? Yeah, ask ask for a decedent discount. Yeah, here's the certificate. <laughs> but oh my, my one of my aunts is also hosting like the whole family to just go to her house at least after like the visitation. So she's got a hot tub. It's going to get weird in there. There will be crying and also telling really insane stories. So what's the worst thing you've ever done? Pretty I much. can't wait. I yeah, cannot I'm, wait for I'm, your grandmother's funeral. Videos. I am certain you will be getting videos from me. I will mm-hmm. also very likely FaceTime the entire little yeah. group chat. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just, you know. If I didn't have a baby, I would a thousand percent crash this funeral. I know you would. You crashed my dad's and it was awesome. We had so much fun at my dad's funeral. I know. Lucy, (laughs) you fucked up. He put the fun in a funeral. Yeah, you like really fucked up. It was was really fun. Yeah. (laughs) 
you and Zach just fit right in that Olive Garden dinner. And then when we were encouraging my cousin to steal the decorative Magnum bottle of wine, Zach was like all about it. He oh, was like he the was biggest like fucking nudger. It. I yeah. forgot Zach was even there. Oh, yeah. They yeah. both drove from Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, they were drove living in right Jersey at the time. Mm. Drove up to Pen- drove up to State College, Pennsylvania. Mm. It was a great time. But, yep, it was great. So, yeah, <laughs> I uh, am looking forward to coming back not well. Well, speaking <laughs> of coming back not well. Exactly. Let's, uh, what, that's a perfect segue into this week's topic, right? Yeah. Well, this is our, our very first revisitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Resuscitation. (laughs) We decided. So our very our second episode, we were still feeling out the process. Campbell soup. Yeah, that is foul. I don't know why it's grossing me out so much. Oh, you need to. She is listeners. I'm drinking soup. She's drinking soup out of like a plastic can. That's how it's sold. It's it's a microwave and go. It's a in order soup. to drink them, but that they freak me the fuck out. I like. I don't know wrong. what it is about needing a spoon for soup. Otherwise, Adds that's just an a extra hot Bloody step. Mary yeah, without exactly. any booze in it. It's not even that hot. It's kind of like a gazpacho. That's way worse. Mm. Well, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm um, blocking your. Video. I am literally putting my notes over yeah. Lucy's panel, so I, I don't have to see it. Great, because okay. I'm not gonna <laughs> stop. <laughs> On that note of psychopathy, we are revisiting our second episode, which is arson. Mm-hmm. Our adult son, arson. It's the only Ar- one that we attempted our switch up. Our switch our up, switch our rotation. Up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did the background in psych and Lucy did a case. We we thought we were going to rotate each week, yeah. Each week, and it just, it didn't, it wasn't right. And we went back to the original format of episode one, and we've been there ever since. So we yep. thought we had to redo it, 2023. Yep. And we have arson. We didn't start the fire. Oh, yeah. And it's a I'm gal's excited. pick. Yes. My case is wild. My case is also wild and yes. tragic and sad. Uh, great. So let's get to the wine crime pairing. Amanda, what have we got? Today, I am drinking the tomato ex- soup, not fucking tomato soup, <laughs> the Expression Chateau Beaubois White Blend. Wow. From the Rhone Valley of Southern France. And this is a great bottle because it seems really fancy, but it retails for like 17 bucks. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hello. So this air region, the Rhone Valley region of France was literally formed by a glacier and like glacial lakes and streams from the Alps continue to nourish the soil in this region, which coupled with the absolutely fucking perfect growing temperatures and like the seaside breezes of this area make this an ideal place to make wine. So so I say this right now. (laughs) I I am obsessed. I scooted back. Did you see it? I I backed away. I'm starting absolute fucking Perfect. I just cannot get over a Rhone Valley wine. Okay. I Is it love near them. the sea? Well, no, but like, yeah. There, I mean, France. There's wind. France isn't huge. It's, it's like trying to grow wine there. They actually can have weather and like 
winds affected by the ocean, whereas growing wine in Minnesota in a very landlocked place mm-hmm. yeah. does not offer that kind of terroir. Terroir or viticultural support. Lakes. Yeah, we, we have the glaciers. Mm-hmm. We make really shitty wine though, so yeah. just just skip it. So this is just my way of aggressively telling you that if you are ever in a bind needing to figure out like a great wine to grab for a party or you just really want to try something new that you haven't tried before, but you're like nervous, you don't want it to be crap, just look for a fucking Rhone Valley wine. Look for a Rhone Valley blend. You're going to be be happy. It's going to be so good. And you will seem so knowledgeable. Or in New Zealand. Yep. New Zealand. Also, I mean, there are so many beautiful regions. I mean, like, I'm obsessed with the Willamette Valley region, and that's Mm -hmm. here in the States. Like, Mm -hmm. it's great, but there's just something special about Mm -hmm. the Rhone. So... This bottle has a lot of fun varietals in it, and while the name expression doesn't link to arson perfectly, even though you could say that arson is an expression of violence. Um, we'll get to it. Yeah. Sexuality, yeah. even. Sexuality, <laughs> frustration. Mm-hmm. Vengeance. Uh, vengeance. Uh, Insurance fraud. Destruction. Greed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an expression. But I wanted to revisit a varietal that, that we did pair with arson, and if anyone remembers that was the like fuego grenache yeah and that one was really fucking good grenache is a favorite this is has a predominant grenache in it Mm -hmm. so i was very excited to like go back to our roots to some of my roots yep yep so this is a white obviously so the grenache is not going to lend the same like jamminess that it would in a red varietal but it does bring some of that famous black pepper into the palate. So this wine is 40% Rouson, 40% Grenache, 10% Viognier, and 10% Vermentino, which is typically an Italian grape, but it grows really well in the Rhone region and is great in blends. Mm. And this has a nice floral and like lemony nose and then a very acidic and refreshing, like crisp mouthfeel. And then it's going to finish with a little citrus and white pepper, just a little touch of salt. At the end, mm. I could it's, see how like the the Rhone Valley itself could kind of bring up some of that terroir from Italy up into uh, the valley. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're not exactly far away from each other. They're very similar yeah. viticultural regions. Right. Love. So it makes perfect sense. Um, she's 13 percent ABV, so she won't kill you. And she's a popper. So I would recommend and grabbing just a your beautiful color. It's gorgeous. She's like Look this beautiful that. honeysuckle, like butter yellow. Mm-hmm. The l- label is stun. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. I could. S- it's very bridal. Mm. It feels very bridal. I could drink this on my wedding day. Oh, are you planning? Oh my god, I'm always planning. <laughs> I'm fucking always fucking planning wedding stuff, and it's great. It actually is, but there's a lot to do, ah! oh. including drink. <laughs> okay, sorry. I hooked my wine key accidentally onto my mic, and that's why I screamed. I thought Are that was the pop. I was like, no. oh, premature and disappointing. To, yes. To pa- premature and disappointing. <laughs> the College. Amanda Jacobson story. Oh. <laughs> College. Okay. Brings me back. Here <laughs> we go. Oh. oh that was okay. a great and citrusy pop, I think. Flame and pop. Mm. Nice. I'm giving her a sniff. This is going to be amazing. What is everyone else drinking? I am drinking maple bourbon 
with maple syrup, accidentally poured way too much maple syrup, not upset saying, about it, yep. and English breakfast tea. Yum. I, I got made, my, made up my own thing. Joel Lucy. got side blank. Great. And your soup. Good. We're our all gal, Joel. And my string our gal, cheese. Our best gal, Joel. All right. Well, cheers. <laughs> A cheers. I really went for the pour on this bad boy. Yeah. It wasn't, That's a holiday funny. pour. I wasn't super paying attention. That is a six-finger pour. Eh, yeah. Yeah. Six to seven. You know what? You're Amanda has right. tiny fingers. I'm 100% right. Whatever. 2023, babies. Fuck it. Cheers. All right. I just spilled it everywhere. It's really mm. good, though. Okay. Lucy, what is Down our Down to four fingers. <laughs> and hopefully psych for arson. Now There's that Lucy psych, gets to do the background and psych. No psych. There is there a psych, honey. Okay, I, said. I was like, how on earth? Okay. <laughs> I was shocked. So I will admit I did not go back and listen to the old arson episode. Why would you? It was a hundred years ago. It is personally painful for me to listen to those early episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. They're like unlistenable. Our sound quality was so shitty. Hope, y'all hope are so, you all like it, but y'all are so I amazing can't. for actually becoming fans after in, within the first like four episodes because mm-hmm. they were not. People nah. were very tolerant. Yeah, y'all were good to us. Well, that was 2017. I feel like everyone's sound quality was kind of poor, but uh, either way, regardless, I did not go back and listen. So I'm going to try to get Logan. no. I'm going to try to get great sound quality information that Kenyon did not cover for the background and psych portion for today. I did look at your notes though. Nice. I don't think I covered. I don't think I recovered. Anyway, who the fuck cares? Here we go. From Encyclopedia Britannica, My Lover. Mm. Arson is a crime commonly defined by statute as the willful or malicious damage or destruction of property by means of fire or explosion. Mm. Oh, okay. In English common law, arson referred to the burning of another person's dwellings under circumstances that endangered human life. Mm. But most modern statutes have expanded this definition so that arson now includes the wrongful burning of any public or private property. Mm-hmm. In nearly all countries, an arsonist may be prosecuted for murder if someone dies as a result of the act, even if they don't intend to kill in the first place. Yep. Just because it's so obvious that that was could the occur and right. they planned the arson. Yeah. Too too risky. Okay, even if the intention to kill is absent, you can be prosecuted for that because someone did get injured or killed or whatever. And there was an intent to set the fire. Exactly. That's where the intent is. Well, I feel like it's the same thing as like if you drive drunk and you kill somebody. Like you didn't mean to kill anyone, but you did drive drunk. So it's your fault. There are degrees of arson, and I will get to that briefly or shortly. Mm -hmm. So some jurisdictions, for example, Germany and some states in the U.S., also impose a higher penalty for arson committed for the purpose of concealing or destroying evidence of a different crime. That makes sense and is very common and often doesn't fucking work. So stop doing it. It's just stupid. First of all, you're not going to burn a body. You're just not. We've gone over this so many times. But you can destroy a lot of, you know, epithelial epithelial DNA and other oh, yeah. kinds of sperm's like, gonna burn up real quick yeah random DNA like at a crime scene you can yeah. really fuck up a crime scene yes but also that said if if you use accelerants and if you purposely set a fire they can really easily identify that too yes mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. so it's it's uh it's a double edged sword you're gonna yeah you're you're really only like 
reducing the evidence. You're not eliminating it at all. Well, you're creating evidence, very clear, obvious evidence of a different crime with equal penalty. Yeah, exactly. So it's just not, but burning something is not the best way to get one. Like, we know a lot about arson. Like, we We don't, but like, humanity has figured Um, out a lot about arson. Okay, so I will say I watched a mo- I watched seven movies yesterday. Yesterday being New Year's Day, because oh, I was yeah, that's the move. I was cleaning and just playing Best Fiends and watching movies all fucking day. Mm-hmm. Snacking. I ate Doritos yesterday. Yum. I know. We usually do Lifetime Movie Day the day after the first day of the year, and uh, I was not present for Lifetime Movie Day yesterday, but. I, mm. Sitting around and watching movies all day on New Year's Day is like it's the best. It's the movie. The best. So mm. one of the movies I watched was a Netflix movie. It's called I Came By. And it's mm. about a graffiti artist, basically. Mm. And I'm not going to give a whole lot away. But basically, there is a murderer. Mm. And he uses the guise of a ceramics studio with a kiln Ooh. to dispose Ooh. of lots of different kinds of evidence. So oh, that's he, creepy. I he, don't like that. He burns it down to ash and then dumps it down the toilet. And I was like, mm-hmm. if I was a serial killer, that's the level of destruction of evidence that I would have to go to. Yeah. Wait, is it British? Is it a British guy? Is it the guy from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. It's from Downton Abbey. Yeah, the, guy, the guy from Downton, Downton Abbey. Abbey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like or, kind of a good movie. Lord Grantham. Yeah, oh, sure. You too. I never watched Downton Abbey. I haven't either, but I Googled the cast because the mother of one of the victims was so familiar, and she's the wife from No Country for Old Men. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Llewellyn's wife. Anyway, okay. So, as I said earlier, there are different degrees of arson when it comes to criminal justice. Based We've got on- tears, people. There are tears. There's Woo! not 10, there's only three. Well, like three, like three to five. Plus, three-ish. Three-ish, yeah. So these are based on the severity of the damage motive, whether anyone was injured or died, whether there was some insurance claim, Mm. like an additional like stacking of Mm -hmm. charges, of Mm -hmm. of situation. Wrongs. Sure, wrongs, yeah. The stacking of the wrongs. The stacking of the wrongs. (laughs) The first degree is when the building is burned with the knowledge that someone is in the building or at home. So that's okay. first degree arson. So you can assume that there was an intent to harm, harm another the person. person inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second degree arson is when an empty building or other structure without persons has been immolated. I love that So like that kids word. fucking around and lighting up an abandoned Letting barn us say- on fire. Public school library on fire. Ooh. Like, we know someone who did that who did. as a teenager. Yeah. We what? got suspended and then went to juvie. Mm. None of us. I mean, Ooh. like, someone we kind of someone we went tangentially to knew. Yeah. I, I think he did that in what, that. middle school? No. no we, we were, were in high school. school. Okay. We were in ninth grade and he mm, okay. was a senior, I think. It barely yeah. burned. Then I think there's a second one from our graduating class, but it wasn't on school property. We're going to take this off the air because yep. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I need names. Yeah. <laughs> names. Addresses. <laughs> <laughs> so the third degree of arson occurs when an area or property has been destroyed by fire with no one else present. So this could be like a lot, a field, a parking garage, somewhere that's not like- An abandoned car. Somewhere mm. it's not like there's 
possibly or likely a person inside. Okay. Mm-hmm. So aggravated crimes of arson transpire when the perpetrator has full knowledge and intends to start the fires when someone is in the building. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to these different types of arson. So mm-hmm. I just covered aggravated arson when there's willful intent to harm another person. However, intent may also be included when there is financial or emotional or other distress, like other reasons for setting this fire. Mm-hmm. While aggravated arson is considered first degree in some states, it is separate in others with increased sentencing. So many of these situations involve insurance fraud, the intent to harm, but n- maybe not like kill, kill. someone else, yeah. mm-hmm. or just to scare someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. smoke them out. Mm-hmm. Or just but like, it goes oh, wrong. You were away at church and your house burned down while you were away. Oh, Oh, accidents happen every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Better buy this insurance from this mob guy. Yeah, exactly. If only you had been taken care of. Remember Mm -hmm. that drunk dive that I did about that like town bully? Mm -hmm. Like like, the whole town. Wouldn't die. They all had like a parade to drag him through the street. No, he was like a. He He was like a. He terrorized the whole town and they could never like pin anything on him so that he would go to prison but everyone knew that it was him and it was a small town and he ended up getting shot i was gonna say didn't they shoot him like three times but he like always lived no that's a different guy i'm mixing up people he was shot and he was killed but like nobody saw a thing but everybody hated him so much that nobody saw a thing the entire town but one of his uh, i guess alleged crimes was burning down somebody's house while they weren't home just for intimidation. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. That is fucked up. I'm pretty sure that was one of my drunk dives. It yeah, I was. remember that. This is ringing a bell for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There are different types of arson depending on the state we're talking about within the U.S. now. One of these is reckless arson, which occurs when someone is attempting to destroy property, but the fire becomes wild or is damaging enough to lead to excessive or extensive damage. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Fire can get out of control so fast. Yeah, like if you're like illegally burning trash in your backyard and like, it's yeah, just that's like a misdemeanor. Enough, we'll get it to spreads. it. We'll oh, get yeah. to it. I will fucking get to it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, gender reveals. Just talk and don't. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't yeah. involve explosives or fires yeah. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are better ways to pop a balloon with confetti inside. If you must. Bake a cake. Yeah. <sighs> like Open an envelope quietly and then tell your friends and family that yeah. what genitals your baby Send has. Send a text. Yeah, text Get, people. No one gives a fuck. No Literally, one gives a single nobody cares. fuck about the genitals of your fucking baby. Mm-mm. It's Love kind you. of gross. It is possible for reckless arson to happen through either accidental incidents or by flouting the rules of an area, such as when there are signs explaining that fires are prohibited, and then mm-hmm. you fucking light a campfire anyway, and it gets out of control. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, California. That's an example of reckless arson, or could mm-hmm. be classified as reckless arson. So here are some statistics for you from PsychiatricTimes.com. Between 2010 and 2014, these numbers are wild, Mm y'all. An estimated 261,330 intentional fires were reported to the U.S. municipal fire departments every year. What? That's so many. That's not even, that was like, 
wild to be cumulative for four years, but that's each year in that four-year period? Yep. The wow. fuck? This resulted in a total of 440 deaths and 1,310 injuries, and the economic cost of fire setting was estimated to be as high as $3.28 billion per year. Well, okay, this actually makes some sense to me because, like, the gender reveals, for instance, these types of activities are classified under these tiers of arson when they do start a fire, and we get, like, crazy wildfires from dumb shit like that all the time. So, I don't know. I mean, it's that's a huge number. It's an enormous number. Yeah, that's insane. What the fuck are we... I mean, so many things start fires, so I'm wondering, like, what's under that category? Like, I remember... Well, it just said in, about... intentional fires reported to U.S. municipal fire departments. Okay, okay, okay. So that's not only so like, like Johnny Cash's car backfiring and sparking in the woods and setting like a bunch of any time an intentional fire, fire was reported to any fire department. That's what uh, that's what is contributed to this number. Okay, it's still a crazy number. Yeah. In the U.S., one in 100 adults self-reported, self-reported, in a, a lifetime history of deliberate of deliberate fire setting. That's so crazy. of self-reporting one in 100 adults, which you know it's higher than that. But I deliberately set fires in my fire pit all no, the time. No, that's this not is, what they're count? fire setting. Like okay. like having like a fire in a controlled environment that's designed for fire is different. Mm-hmm. Find me an adult that hasn't started a fire. Right. But they're talking about like setting things like, on fire. Yeah. No, no. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I get it now. 38. I'm just like trying to justify I how know. that number is that high. It's really crazy. Yeah. 38% of these fire settings persisted beyond the age of 15 years old. Yeah. Kids do go through that. That. That pyro phase. Well, kids go through a fuck around and find out phase. They really do with everything. For example, in my house, when we were doing all of the renovations upstairs, we found some like smoke damage in some of the beams in our bedroom and had to replace them. And then long story short, we uh, got into contact with a family that lived in this house in the 50s and 60s. And one of the adult men, the adult Sons. sons- was like, oh, yeah, I got a matchbook out of that built-in hutch and brought it upstairs and lit one of my brother's shirts on fire. Oops. And that's what that smoke damage was. <laughs> like, oh, oh my- okay. Oh, I so mean, I left like a no snake heating lamp on on someone's, on someone's a neighbor's carpet when I was a kid, and I was snake-sitting for them, and it could have burned their house down, but it just melted. I went carpet. to your snake-sitter house. They had those Bengal yeah. cats, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, that was an their accident, fucking house down. That was an accident. That was an accident. I felt so awful. I went, I was such an idiot. It was melted carpet. And I went back the next day with like carpet cleaner thinking I could just clean up the melted burn spot <laughs> in the middle of this kid's room. Your we were in ninth grade. Formed. I'm pretty sure I was there with you probably you egging probably were. you on. While I, I remember the, sta- the fuck Was it out. not a ball python? It was. It was a ball python and they had two of these r- wild Bengal cats. Which is the only reason I invited you to come over and hang out while I was house yeah. sitting for this family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. Uh, Never hire an adolescent to house or pet sit. Oh, oh no. It's not worth it. 
It's not worth it. It's You're not, not saving money when you have to You're, replace your yeah. fucking carpet. We're either going to ruin your shit or have yeah. sex in your primary bedroom. Yep. Or, yeah. both. or both. Or both. <laughs> yeah. It's never <laughs> worth it. I don't care how responsible that kid seems. No. Yeah, no. Don't do it. Because that kid has dumbass friends. But yep. also, as that kid, I have excellent memories of mm-hmm. those times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. So what could lead a person to commit arson? Clearly, it would be for financial gain or to hurt or scare another person, but it could also be because of a psychological disorder called pyromania. Mm. And I know that Kenyon covered this in her original segment because I did look at the notes, but it is important to re-clarify. Pyromania is an impulse control disorder that gives people an intense urge to start fires. This may be for pleasure to relieve tension, or for sexual gratification. Weird. Okay, I like it. Mm -hmm. Clinical pyromania is rare and is often a symptom of another mental health condition. I'll get to the comorbidities in a minute. Mm. People with this disorder may show an intense fascination with fires and objects associated with fires, such as lighters or matches. Mm. Anyone can develop pyromania, although it affects more males than females. It can also... Everything does. It can also start to show signs and and usually does start to present itself during childhood and adolescence. Mm -hmm. So here are some symptoms of pyromania. Intentional, deliberate fire setting that happens more than once. Mm -hmm. Tension or arousal before setting the fire. So like getting excited about it. There's like a build up and then you like have to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You like get hard. Yeah, gross. An interest in pi- in fire or fire paraphernalia, again, lighters, matches, whatever. Mm-hmm. Pleasure, gratification, or release of tension after setting a fire or witnessing a fire or its aftermath. So maybe they could even go to like a, a smoldering fire pit and still feel that. And stare into it. Still tension. come in their pants. <sighs> we're not still just talking about coming. Uh, but we're we are not, not talking yeah. about we're, it either. No, but it could we, also be. <laughs> There are, are only talking about pleasure, gratification, different- or release of tension is like That's a calm. really euphemistic way of saying that coming is in your pants. There are a lot of different types of, of arousal. It's not all sexual. I just want to make that clear. Okay. Setting. Oh my God. It hurts my ears. Setting fires for psychological reasons and not as a protest nor an attempt to conceal evidence out of vengeance because of a hallucination or delusion, which I thought was important. That not is, for coming. That is not an aspect of pyromania. It's not about hallucinations or delusions, nor is it about monetary gain. It's just about excitement arousal. and arousal. So Ralph Wiggum of The Simpsons... <laughs> Is not a pyromaniac because of the rock where the leprechaun tells him to burn things. That would be a hallucination. Mm. He'd be acting out a hallucination. Yeah. It's not his innate (laughs) desire or impulse. Well, he, as a real three-dimensional character who exists in reality. Correct. Is Mm. not a pyromaniac. Got it. That tracks. Mm Mm-hmm. And in contrast, here are some potential reasons for arson. So again, arson, pyromania, two different things. Mm -hmm. Arsons may be motivated by peer pressure, for insurance money, or to harm a person or institution. 
Mm. Or just like regular. I stop twitching. Just like mayhem. Light myself on fire. Or mm. just to, you know, you could be hired to do a job where it's like the person actually setting the fire isn't driving any pleasure from it, but like. They've been hired to harm yeah. someone and mm-hmm. this is the method or whatever. Yeah. So like I said, comorbidity is common among adults who set fires. Adults. Common diagnoses include personality disorder, psychosis, substance dependence, and mood disorders. Reported prevalence rates of pyromania are relatively low, ranging between 0 to 10% of adults who set fires. Okay. So at most 10% of fire setters are actual pyromaniacs, according to these statistics. Got it. Okay. Lower cognitive functioning, intellectual disabilities, and other developmental disorders such as autism are also common, although exact prevalence varies widely depending upon the population which is, that is sampled, for example, if they're inpatient, community, or prison samples. Mm. Whether the motivations of the fire starting are because of an impulse control disorder, such as pyromania, or out of a more logical reason – Arson, murder, hiding evidence, general shenanigans, etc. I do have some stats on fire starting from mm. psychology. There it is. I also just want to say that like sometimes it can be hard to tell wh- what the motivation was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, yeah. After the fact. Like I know Israel Keys mm-hmm. set a lot of fires ostensibly to like hide evidence, but mm-hmm. also like to he throw def- people off. Yeah. He also like expressed a lot of feelings about the arsons that he committed mm. after the fact. So I feel like maybe it wasn't just to hide evidence, you know? Sure. That it was just like an expression of, of post homicide emotion. Yeah. Yeah. An expression. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. There we Nailing go. It. There we go. It all connects. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So research shows that fire setters are significantly more likely to have been registered with psychiatric services previously compared with other criminal offenders and that they are four times more likely compared with community controls. So in terms of fire setters, regardless of motivation, there's usually some picking up on. Exactly. Mm. It's a little red flag. Something's off. Between 10 and 50% of patients who are admitted to medium security forensic mental health services have a record of deliberate fire setting. Dang. So it's actually a That's common. Uh, it's common and it's and it's a- very closely related to other comorbidities. Mm-hmm. Fire setting in adolescence and early adulthood predicts schizophrenia later in life. Mm. Fire setting behavior is associated with animal cruelty in juveniles. The other statistically significant risk factors being that they are of a male gender and the victim of sexual abuse. Again, this is just statistically, obviously. This isn't. It's not going to be every single person. No, but statistically. Arsonists differ from typical violent offenders in being more socially isolated and lacking coping skills. And the prevalence of suicide is significantly higher than control groups. Mm. I wonder if there's a big difference in like setting fires alone versus setting fires mm. in like a group of adolescents fucking around. Mm-hmm. From what I've read, it's typically a solo activity. Right. Okay. Which would be maybe more of a red flag versus like 
just a bunch of teenagers being idiots together and peer pressuring each other. You know, I mean, pyromania for sure would suggest a solo activity. Arson, maybe not exactly if it's just like a general shenanigan situation, but Mm -hmm. the majority of arson isn't that. Right. Mm -hmm. I know that there was that one, there was some couple that we've covered and now I'm forgetting, but it was a, a man and a woman who, Set fires together mm. for in like the sexual, hobby lobbies for like sexual pleasure. I forget what in a hobby lobby. Ew. I don't Wasn't remember. Wasn't there pleasure like a, a hobby, hobby store? They like I don't know. set batting on fire. I, I don't remember. remember. That was probably in our older arson episode. Go back and might have been. Yeah, might have been paraffin dipped tent. Everybody, yeah. let's go. So females are reported to commit nearly one third of deliberately set fires, but less is known about the psychopathological and criminal characteristics of female fire setters. Female fire setters in a recent study were more often diagnosed with depression, substance abuse, and personality disorder than male arsonists. Something I wanted to bring up, which I couldn't really find a lot of information about necessarily, there's something called the fire interest rating scale. Which is sometimes used by psychologists with people with intellectual disabilities to gauge their predilection for fire starting. Interesting. And I have a list of kind of their questionnaire. So there's 15. Do we get to take a quiz? (laughs) Look at Amanda light up. (laughs) Light up. I love a quiz. Oh, pun intended. (laughs) I want to take a Um, quiz. The fire's back in her eyes. Let's, yeah, sure. Let's call it a quiz. Let's put up one one finger for every time you agree with one put of these statements. Put a finger down challenge. TikTok. Okay, let's go. Put a finger well, up. Well, there's 15. So put a finger up for everyone. Great. Okay. Number one, fire is very important to me. Number two, I would be happy if I never saw a fire again. Number three, fire is a big part of my life. <laughs> I need fire in my life. I would describe myself as someone who starts fires. I am nobody without fire, as in nobody notices me without fire. Oh, oh no. I, I must have fire in my life. I mean, I really like the Netflix video you of have the fire. You have three fireplaces. None put of them work. Fi- doesn't matter. Put your finger <laughs> up. Doesn't matter. None of them work. Oh, okay, they, I, I have a- more. Okay. I'm only on eight. Most people carry a lighter with them. People often set fires when they are angry. I would like to work as a firefighter. (laughs) I like watching fires get bigger. I mean, sort of. Within reason. I've put a fire out. They should teach you how to stop fires at school. Most people's friends have started a fire or two. Like, we're not friends with the people from our high school that started fires, so I'm not putting up my finger on that. And last one, the police talk to lots of people about starting fires. <laughs> well, I have six of these. Kenyon has I three. Have, I have like two and a half, basically. <laughs> I'm not I'm not hot on fires. <laughs> I have definitely started a fire, but it's usually like leaving the pizza in and passing out drunk and then having to put it out. That's an accident. That's not the same thing. I don't. I, I don't. But think I'm counting I've, it. I've never started a fire but with I, the intention of put, destroying something. Right. But yeah. the question was, have you ever put out a fire? And so I said yes. 
I think these questions are like leading questions, which are yeah. intended to get people to yeah. talk more about it. Rant well, about I got six points. I win. I win. You win. Six points. I win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, I don't know a whole lot more about that scale, but I did want to just raise those questions. And lastly, I will note, as Amanda mentioned earlier, or maybe Kenyon, I think it was Amanda. I don't know. Someone mentioned it earlier. That the influences that climate change have had on the likelihood of fires getting out of control are much different than mm -hmm. they may have been in the past. So mm -hmm. lighting a fucking bush on fire in September in California has a much bigger potential consequence than it may have had 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we have all seen the destruction that fires have had over the past decades Fire, fires have always been a danger but are becoming increasingly more so. So identifying and treating these fire setting compulsions is more important than ever. And also PSA, just don't. Just don't. don't. Do it. It's don't not burn worth your it. trash. Also, Dying like in a fire would be so fucking scary and painful and horrific. No, thank you. Yeah. Also, just seeing like an entire hillside right behind your house in so flames. It's fucked up. And it's going to be more oh. prevalent as 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 time goes on. and Because we keep getting worse because humans are There trash. are things that you can do about it. And just be aware. Just be aware. Great. Just be aware. All right. Well, let's. We're off to a great start. Move on <laughs> to a word from our sponsors. Yes, sure. let's. Match.com. Oh, my God. That would be <laughs> so fucking awesome. Well done, no! Match.com. Love that. Light your fire. <laughs> it's 2023, people. Mm. Those holidays are behind us. We got a new year ahead of us. There's just one more gift to be given. And guess what? It's for you, baby. Thank God. Give yourself the healthy and delicious gift that keeps on giving all year long with wild grain i am so obsessed with wild grain and like it saved my butt a couple of times now where i've been like oh uh, it actually just saved my butt over christmas where i was putting together like a little christmas dinner for the strays of the neighborhood you mm -hmm. know that don't have family in town whatever and i ran out of food and then i just went to my freezer and was like oh there's like fresh pasta and bread and i can just whip this up and make more food. So let me explain what this actually is. Wild Grain is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough, sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I have little chocolate croissants waiting to be baked mm. in my freezer right now. So unlike typical supermarket bread, Wild Grain uses a slow fermentation process that's easier on your belly. It's lower in sugar, which I love because I'm a diabetic, but I love my bread. You do. And it's rich in nutrients and antioxidants, and every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. So when I had to, like, whip up more food for people, it's not a whole process. 25 minutes or less. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank, so you can eat good and do good at the same time. And to kick off the year, Wild Grain is offering delicious products such as an ancient grain sourdough loaf and fresh artisan fettuccine pasta. Stop. Does anything sound better than that? No. <laughs> All you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com forward slash gals and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. It's so easy to reschedule. It's so easy to skip. It's so easy to cancel. You got nothing to lose. 
Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. Hi, yeah. When you go to wildgrain.com slash gals to start your subscription, you heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash gals. That's wildgrain.com slash gals, or you can use promo code gals at checkout and treat your freezer. Treat it. All right, are we ready for my case? No. So it's real sad. Good. Okay, great. Love it. I'm ready. Shocking. <laughs> also, there's a lot of information to it. I, we cannot get to it all. It kind of deserves its own, like, mini-series. Uh, it <laughs> turns out, after I started the research, it was like, oh, shit, there's, like, a lot more to this. So we're going to get through what we can get through. Okay. Yeah, we in, won't in ask any follow-up questions. Great. Love it. In 1935, a Luna Park amusement park opened on the northern shore of Sydney Harbor in Australia. My. Mm. Oh, <laughs> It was modeled after Coney Island's earlier Luna Park, which had opened in 1903. And this... This Luna Park in Australia was owned by three brothers who had already opened two other Luna Parks in Australia. So it was a bit of a chain. Okay. Okay. Of amusement parks. Six Flags. Kind of. Did, which, did you know that one of the fucking Six Flags? Yes! We covered this. No, what? did you just watch Vengeance recently too? Because that was one of my movies I watched yesterday. I don't can know what I Can we back up and finish what the <laughs> Did You Know was so I can be in on this, please? <laughs> <laughs> One of the did you know that? Yes. Oh my god! Did you get yup? <laughs> I learned right this yesterday. <laughs> I don't even know if it's true. I'm it's true. It. No. One really? of the Six Flags of Six Flags. So it's the it's named after the Six Flags of Texas. One of which was the Confederate flag. Oh yes. God, it's true. No. It's fucking true. Well, whatever. Amusement parks are fucking disgusting anyway. So like, fuck them. But yeah. God damn it. Really? Yeah. It's it's Ugh. the six flags of the c- nations that owned Texas. Yeah. So it's like Spain, it's Mexico, accurate. U.S., Texas, something else, and then the Confederacy. So one I of the it. six flags is the Confederate flag. Yeah. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Anyway, neither here nor there. This is not about six flags. This is about Luna Park in okay. Australia. Okay, but at the time of the Sydney Harbor Luna Park opening, the other Australian Luna Parks were in dire financial straits. So, in fact, the brothers had actually placed one of these parks into voluntary liquidation, disassembled all of the rides, and then had them transported to the new Sydney Harbor location. So they were basically shutting down a different one and packing it up and opening it in this new spot. Okay, sounds expensive. I don't like it. And the new spot looks like a fabulous location to me. It's like stone's throw from the Sydney Opera House, I oh, think. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. I don't luck. know. Never been. I don't know. Oh. There's a map, obviously. There's always a map. <laughs> I have to have a map. I like to orient myself I in get my it. cases. Oh, my God. I shouldn't have gone to look for the map. No, I shouldn't have looked at your photos. There oh, are a lot of photos. No. Our nerd. Our nerd. <laughs> Nerve. This is going to get gnarly. This is an immediate nerve from me. <laughs> nerve from me, Derg. That's a nerve from me, Derg. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. Okay. <laughs> One of these rides was called the Ghost Train. Nope. 
<laughs> nope. Oh, it wasn't. Show over. Bye. <laughs> Riders would sit in a two-person tram car and be plunged into darkness as they entered the structure, oh. which featured a train track with many abrupt twists and turns, no. cobwebs hanging from the ceiling, and scary figures leaping out at riders from the darkness. With my back? With my neck? <laughs> With my bowels. I can't do (laughs) abrupt turns on a fucking roller coaster. No. It's not for us. We're in our mid-30s. Yeah, this is not for us. Kenyon, did you go to that theme park in China? Mm -hmm. I went to a fucking amusement park in China. And you know what? Doesn't sound like me. You know at Valley Fair, (laughs) they have that Mad Mouse ride? Yeah, it's like a little roller coaster. It's like really tight turns and really Mm -hmm. tall. It was like that, but like rusty and... Made of wood. Not OSHA compliant. I really thought I was going to die. You well, might have. You probably came very close that day. Maybe I did die and now I'm a ghost. I went on something in China. I think it was at Zhangjiajie with the like, the like, uh, not toboggan, but like the slide. Oh, the slide. Yeah. You like sat. A a, you, you sit on a burlap sack and you slide down and you just use your, your feet to stop you. Yeah. It's like an alpine slide. That's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, that, that. this I wasn't that the entire time. Okay. This was, uh, my safety was completely out of my control. <laughs> well, we will get to it. Okay, oh, so the Sydney Harbor Luna Park was an immediate success and remained so throughout World War II, the post-war years, and into the 1960s. Although many new rides were added in those decades, the ghost train remained a key attraction. Ugh. It sounds awful. You would absolutely ride this thing. I probably would, but I don't think I would love it. Okay. If it has drops, no. If it's literally just like a child's train going through like a spooky place, yeah, I'm down. But the twists, the turns, the dro- I'm not a rides person mm. at fucking all. It's uh, The main thing to know about it is that it is a very twisty, dark tunnel. Great. Okay. It's basically the cool. inside of a duck's vagina. Oh, God. Like that picture I sent you of yeah. me as a baby. Yeah. Okay. So in 1969, the park changed ownership. Under this new management, winter closures were abandoned. So since 1935, winter had been a time during which the park added new features and more importantly, completed maintenance work on existing rides. But now the park would remain open year round and all that would have to happen just like in the off hours, like at night or whatever. Mm -hmm. Of course, the winter months were still slower in terms of attendance and usually staffing levels decreased during these off peak times. So it's still open, but it's. Yeah. Quiet. 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 In 1975, Luna Park's lease expired. The new owners attempted to renew it, but negotiations with the government ground to a halt. There were competing proposals to develop the land into high-rises or luxury shopping complexes, and it seemed no decision could be reached. Mm. However, the park was allowed to continue operating on a month-to-month lease kind of while they hashed it out. Okay. And this lease business will become relevant later. Mm. Then, in winter 1979, tragedy struck. On June 9th, remember, it's the Southern Hemisphere, so that's winter. Around 10.15 p.m., Luna Park employees who were operating the ghost train 
no. noticed some smoke coming out of one of the entrances. Oh, God. Oh, no. No, trapped on a ghost train that's on fire. Bye-bye. Fucking bye. It's like that Nick Cage, <laughs> the flaming ghost rider. Oh, my God. That noise was the flames behind my yeah. skull. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you, you nailed it. <laughs> that was good. I'm Nick Cage. <laughs> However. I'm the cage of the world. Okay. <laughs> These employees were just filling in temporarily for the ones who normally operated the ride because this was such like an off-peak time. Oh, it's not the A team. It's like the D team. Yeah. Oh, shit. And so they did not immediately realize that something was amiss. They thought that the smoke may have been a normal part of the ghost ride attraction. No, honey. Uh, They thought it was like fake smoke. That's not Baby girl, it's not not fair. I think and that's you've been fair. working there long. And, no, if they have this well, they ride goes all day, every day. Not really. It's in the middle of winter. I it's guess. they're they're not the A team. They weren't trained properly, and they're understaffed. And there's all kinds of shit. There's fake cobwebs. There's fake lights. There's fake whatever in this True. ride. All right, and it's like They've not, definitely not up been to trained code properly. anymore. Yeah. yeah. No. But very quickly, it became clear that this was not the case as thick black smoke began billowing out of the ride. Oh, no. And there black are people on it, good. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's there going. There are people in there. Oh, my God. Oh, no. No. The employees began frantically trying to pull riders out of their cars as they exited the interior of the ride. So, like, they did step up and try to, like, get people out. But it's a it's a twisty, turny tunnel so they're getting people out as the train is moving as the cars are coming out. Uh, no, nope, new fear unlocked. No, nope. no. Nope. Mm-hmm. Every nope. episode. Yeah. At least it wasn't me this time. Yeah, thank you. Mm. You're welcome. We take turns. <laughs> yeah, that's um, great. We so, rotate. We're back to rotating. <laughs> such, such good friends. I love this. Okay. It, I told you, I warned you it was really, really sad. And it's I, yeah. really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So believing they'd succeeded in getting everyone off the ride, they stopped rescue attempts once a string of fully empty cars started coming out. So they thought, okay, we've got everybody out. Due to a combination of issues, however, including understaffing in the park and fire hoses that did not reach all of the rides. So like the fire hoses are located in like, you know, kind of like a main area. Oh, my God. But like the hoses literally aren't long enough to get to this part of the ghost train. That is horrific. That is an oversight. Mm Mm-hmm. Fuck. It took a full hour to get the blaze under control, by which point the ride had been entirely consumed. (gasps) And there are a lot of photos that will be on the blog of the damage that this fire wrought on this. So is the giant face the entrance to the entire park? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I don't know why. It's just really creepy for creepy's sake. I'm not sure. So the reason I brought up the Chinese amusement park is because that was also the entrance to so the amusement park. You walk through this face, huge mouth. the mouth. And right. it had sharp teeth. Nope. Yeah, so maybe it's a Luna Park knockoff. I don't know. I mean, it's an old, it, this is, you know, it's an old amusement park. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Fucking wolf. Okay. Look at the eyelashes. Sorry. The face is just. The face is egregious. So they get the fire put out, the smoke stops, whatever. At this point, the tragic truth became clear. Although 35 people had been riding the ghost train, only 28 had escaped with their lives. Oh, God. 
Inside the charred remains of the ride were the bodies of six children and one Whoa. adult. Oh, no. no. No, 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 And they were only two at a time. So that's like... Several cars. Several cars. Yeah. Oh. oh, God. Yeah. And it's an amusement park. So, like, of course, there are going to be more children. Like, it's just, it's so sad. So the victims were 13-year-old friends Jonathan Billings, Richard Carroll, Michael Johnson, and Seamus Riley. They all died on the ghost train. And then another of their close friends was a 12-year-old boy named Jason Holman. He had been on the ride but survived. The five boys were at the park alone that night after begging their parents for months to let them go without supervision. Oh, God. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And like... Oh, oh those parents must be devastated. I mean, under any circumstances, yeah. parents would be devastated. But if it's like your kid wears you down to go yeah. do this thing and then your worst nightmare, your worst fucking fear yeah. comes through. I just... And like they're thirteen, they're twelve and thirteen years old. They like, should be allowed to go to yeah, a theme park. Of yeah, course, we it's not we the parents' went. fault. No, at all. I'm just saying they must feel so yeah. fucked up over that. Yep. This is another reason why I'm too afraid to have kids. I won't do yeah. it. it yeah. It's just too much can happen. Yep. And yep. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I can't. I can't. It freaks me the fuck out. Because each car on the ride only fit two people, Jason, the survivor, had ended up in a car by himself, like, at the end. Jason's a child? Jason is the 12-year-old who survived. Oh, God. And all his friends died. Jason would later recall being yanked from the car by a panicked employee who had realized the ride was on fire just seconds after the two cars carrying his friends had entered the tunnel. Oh, he was behind his friends. So he was like the last one. So he got saved. No, this kid. I bet this kid had so much survivor's guilt. Oh, this is so fucked up. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, it's really, really, really fucking sad. The other victims of the fire were 29-year-old John Godson and his two sons, Damien and Craig, who were six and four. No! Damien! Okay, prepare to be even more fucked up. Mm. John's wife, Jennifer Godson, was also at the park that night. They, like, went as a family, you know, like the, the mom and dad and their two little boys. But she had gotten a sudden craving for ice cream and decided to skip the ride and meet up with John and the kids after. No. no. <gasps> yeah, just like a totally normal amusement park. I that would be me. That would be me. Zach would take the kids on the ride and having I would go a poop get ice attack. Cream. I'll meet you after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's the most normal thing in the world. God, and her entire family died. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> Oh my god! I know. I'm like gonna fucking cry. This is ri- this is absurd. Yeah, it's really bad. This is completely insane. And the you're gonna be really, really awful. pissed. Yeah. In a moment. Oh my god. Jesus. God. So police investigating the fire speculated that the seven victims had likely climbed out of their cars after realizing that the ride was on fire, but became disoriented trying to make their way out on foot. Because it's so zigzaggy. And a tunnel Mm. and dark. And and smoke. And smoke. And there's going to be more on this in a minute. So they likely died of smoke inhalation in the tunnel before the flames actually reached them. So they got off the train and were just in an engulfed maze. A black, no light, smoke-filled maze. Was the train still... Trying to survive. Was the train still going? 
Yes, but they like, weren't in the cars anymore. But they, they jumped would out have trying to survived escape the fire. if they had just stayed that, in the car. That we, we don't, don't know. That we can't know, but that's why I, the, the car started showing up empty and the employees thought, okay, we've got everybody got out. out. Oh, no. Yeah. I, nope. That's, I, wow. Oh, yeah. my God. So Luna Park was immediately closed and a federal investigation was launched into the fire's causes. Ultimately, however, this investigation could not determine a conclusive cause of the fire. Oh, God. It did rule out the ghost train's wiring and various, like, you know, spectacular features as sources of the fire. So it wasn't a wiring thing. It wasn't like an electrical fire. Okay. And it wasn't like a firework or something that caught, you know, whatever. The investigation also concluded that the management at Luna Park had failed to develop an adequate fire suppression program, despite recommendations that had been made following a fire safety inspection 18 months earlier. Mm. 18 months. Oh, my. Who owns this shit? Are you going to get to who the fuck is responsible for this? We'll get to theories. I need names. Yep. Following that fire safety inspection, the fire department had specifically pointed out the risks posed by the ghost train's wooden tunnel, which had neither emergency lighting nor exit signs nor a sprinkler system. They're just going down a cave. Just going uh, down a wooden cave. A f- black a wooden cave. Fire-prone cave. You guys, the 60s and 70s were the fucking Wild West. No yeah. one gave a fuck yeah. about safety until like the 90s, basically. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Until we were toddlers. There uh, was yeah. n- it's um, amazing anyone is alive. What are we yeah. going to say 40 years from now, too? Because kids yeah. still die at amusement parks all the time. Mm-hmm. These, yeah, we're these like people- eating lead and microplastics. So like, yeah, we, yeah. we're going to we're going to find our we're going to find our. Oh, my God. How are we alive? We moment. should do a I'm whole case sure. on lead. A whole episode. Listen. Yeah. No. But no, like, it's, it's too much. But you can listen to the United States of Lead podcast. Yes. Yes, you which can. Which is hosted by our amazing production manager, Andrea. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of fucked up shit there's in there. So, so much. Mm-hmm. If you want to go down a lead rabbit hole, mm-hmm. whoo, enjoy. So back to this inspection. So during a follow-up inspection, so they do the primary inspection. They say you don't, you need all these things. You need a sprinkler system. You need emergency lighting. You need exit signs, whatever. And then they do the follow-up inspection and the fire department saw that their recommended changes had not been implemented. And so they gave Luna Park 12 months to comply with their recommendations. It's too loose. It's like, we'll give you a year. I get it because they need time to do it and they need to pay to do it. But like, I don't know. I feel like it should be a lot more strict. I think it is now. Yeah. But fuck. Well, then they didn't have a year. A year. It was but all it was all paperwork stuff though, still. Mm-hmm. All, you know. Tragically, the fire occurred just 1 month after this follow-up inspection warning. Oh my god. So oh! Yeah. A fire inspector who had examined the ghost train during the 1977 visit said of the ride's interior, quote, it was a maze. It was timber, all painted black. Painted. As a, as a matter of fact, even with the light on, I was bumping into the partitions and the wall. It was Great. a timber ceiling. I would have gotten lost even with the lights on. The only way I could keep going was to follow the railway track. Ooh. Which you couldn't do if the train is running. Who's cleaning this shit? I, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think there's this. There's just so many... 
There's just a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. The federal investigation ruled that although Luna Park's owners and management had, quote, failed in their duty of care towards patrons, that failure did not meet the, quote, high degree of negligence necessary to support a charge of criminal negligence. And that's because they had been, they were within that time period. That year. Yeah. To make the changes. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. God damn it. But there is more. Oh, there always is with you. There always with you. is. <laughs> with, with you. you. <laughs> and another thing. Ticket. Ticket. <laughs> Body world's ticket. I'm going to, if if I get you That's, for Secret Santa next year, I'm going to get you just a Body World's ticket. Just a ticket. <laughs> you can go Frame alone. ticket. Oh, okay. <laughs> to actually you. No so one's I was thinking as a decorative uh, decor piece. No, just yes, you. You got to go. go. You got to go. Bitch, I'll go. And I don't even have to fuck you on my toilet to do it. Sold. <laughs> Sold. That's if O-L-T-S-C-O-R. Bill wants a ticket, he has to fuck you on your toilet. Yeah, if Bill wants to go. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, I like this. I like this. Okay. I'll fuck you for it. Oh, stop. We have to fight over one ticket. Enough. <laughs> okay, bring back the soup. Oh, I got it, baby. That is worse. <laughs> that is worse than fornication. Oh, it's colder on the now. Uh. Okay, so to this day, the cause of the ghost train fire has not been definitively established. Fucking great. In in 1987, (laughs) a government inquiry by the National Crime Authority reopened the investigation. This investigation did not determine a cause, but did conclude that the initial police investigation had been grossly inadequate. Aren't they all... (laughs) In 1995, Luna Park, which had been closed since the fire, reopened under a new name. No, let's rebrand. Mm-hmm. I cannot <laughs> wait for the new name. Is it like En Fuego Park or something oh fucking God. ridiculous and what? disrespectful like that? I don't remember what the new name was. En Fuego Park. It's boring. So bad. A memorial was dedicated to the seven victims of the fire, featuring a tree planted next to an antique bench decorated with the names of the victims. So, like, that's they, what I want to see when I go to like, a theme an, park. Well, a memorial to people who died there. We will get to it a because lot of people, that was kind of a lot pe- of people. People didn't want to see the memorial tree and bench. Mm. However, when the park underwent redevelopment in 2003, the tree was uprooted and the bench was conveniently lost. Mm. Come on. To a random fire. Mm. That's disrespectful. Park- it is disrespectful. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be there. I'm saying that fucking amusement park should go under mm-hmm. e- entirely. Mm-hmm. Like that should have been the nail in that enthus- in, in amusement park's coffin mm-hmm. where people are showing up and they have to walk by a tree and bench memorial just like seven people who fucking died there by I think I'm turning in my tickets. I think putting it up Ticket. and then losing Ticket. it and <laughs> uprooting the tree is worse than having it up in oh, the first place. Really it's really fucking worse. Dis- disrespectful. Yeah. Destroying and it's about to it, get more up. disrespectful. Cool. Yeah. The park's director at the time, Warwick Doughty, 
Which, like, how is that a real human's name? That is a villain's name. Yeah, look it's at very his Australian. Fo- look at his photo on the drive. He's, oh, is he the guy with the mustache? He's no. He he's looks the, like the mouth entrance oh, of the amusement he park. He has very white hair, a shock I, of white hair. I really just put a mustache on this man in my brain. Mm-hmm. There's no one a, in here with a mustache. Because he he's a villain. Is yeah, a board game villain, Warwick yeah. Dowdy. Mm-hmm. His glasses are. Awful. He As someone owns, who had those glasses, they are awful. He owns Atlantic and Baltic and yeah. just passed go. Yeah, <laughs> he sucks. So he stated insensitively in an interview that he did not believe the memorial had, quote, relevance. What? what? Because he's like, it's a, it was a different park. Uh, Holy shit. What a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was only after campaigning from the victims' families that a new memorial was installed, this time a plaque bearing the victims' names. One person present at this memorial's unveiling described themselves as, quote, unimpressed. Oh, there it is. Since the ghost train fire, there has been speculation that the tragedy was no accident at all, but deliberate sabotage. Oh, dear. In May of 2007, this theory gained additional traction when a woman named Anne Buckingham claimed in an interview with the Sydney Morning Herald that her late uncle had been responsible for the fire. (gasps) Her uncle was another improbably named man, Abe Saffron. (laughs) What are these names? Abe Saffron and like Warwick Buckingham or whatever the fuck his name is. Doughty. Doughty. Or Daughtry. I don't know. I don't know. Chris Daughtry. Abe Saffron. You are a fictional character. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, but you're not real. Yeah. So Abe Saffron uh, was a notorious hotelier, nightclub owner, and property developer who was widely known to be a major, major figure in Australian organized crime. There it is. Got got it. Mm -hmm. Although it was an open secret that he was heavily involved in a range of criminal activity, including running like most of the brothels, 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 (laughs) running most of the Brussels sprouts in Sydney. Yum. Illegal alcohol sales, bribery, and extortion. The only crime... Brussels, that Saffron- brothels, and barber. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the only crime that he was ever formally charged with was tax evasion. Oh! <laughs> for which he served 17 months in prison. Tax evasion. Tax evasion. He was just like a big old mobster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But big it was also big old tig old bitties. Tig old mobster. Mobsties. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also widely believed that he was associated with at least seven arson attacks, mostly for insurance payouts on properties he owned or like owned under like a false name or like a shell company. Or killing children at an amusement park. In the late 70s and early 80s. So he is on a tear of insurance arson. Fuck you, Abe Saffron. Mm-hmm. So his God. niece, his your niece, next your I never next tattoo. I, I, you, lo- I, my next pet is going to be put it Abe around Saffron. your neck. Fuck you, Abe Saffron. Fuck you, Abe Saffron. Everyone's like, don't explain what? it to anyone. I will never explain it to anyone. But when I land in Australia, they'll yeah. welcome me with open arms. Yeah. <laughs> they'll throw I flowers will, at your feet. Yes, I will be welcomed like a queen. 
You'll fuck get you, just not Abe like Saffron. the queen. No, 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 because I don't like her. But rightfully uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcomed that much. Okay. No, You'll be the welcomed queen like Princess sucks, Di. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like a queen, not the queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so the niece uh, stated in an interview that she believed her uncle had hired people to burn the ghost train as part of a plan to gain control of the disputed Luna Park lease. Oh, for God's sakes. But that he had not intended for anyone to die in the fire, and that's why he chose, like, an off-peak time. Okay. Oh, well, congrats. You only killed, what, six Seven people? people. Seven, Seven people. Five or six and children. And a bunch of kids. And oh, great. one woman's entire family, family. Mm-hmm. didn't mean to though mm-hmm. but 17 months for tax evasion Jesus yeah Christ. so i heard i read different things one was that he was trying to sabotage it so that the owners would have to break their lease and then he could get the lease and mm-hmm. own the property and like take mm-hmm. over and the other was that he secretly owned it under a shell company and it was for insurance so i don't okay. know which is true i've read both okay so this rumor had been around during Saffron's lifetime, and he repeatedly denied any involvement. Saffron, known sometimes by the moniker Mr. Sin, okay, died of natural causes in 2006. He had like a stanky leg infection at the age of 87. <laughs> As the daughter of somebody who did have a stanky leg infection, that sucks to suck, Abe Saffron. Not all the saffron in the world is going to get rid of that stank. Oof. And yeah. only for you, my dad survived his stanky leg yeah. infection. He just died of a heart attack. Yeah. years later. But whatever, Idiot. it's fine. <laughs> Idiot. Neither here nor there. I mean, Henry VIII also died of a stanky leg infection, I think. Anyway. Listen, if I don't die of stanky it's leg, how narcissists so I, die. I didn't live my life right. Narcissist and Mr. Jacobson. No, he died of a heart attack. He's fine. He did die of a heart attack. He didn't oh. die of stanky leg. Okay. He got we stanky leg, the... but he survived. He did. Yeah. He pulled through the stanky leg. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> By cutting it off. I want a t-shirt that just says, my dad survived stanky leg. <laughs> Survive the stanky leg. Survive the stanky leg. Ghostface has a stanky no. leg. It's and then so his cute. photo, just his sweet, bald face. I know. So, he was so sweet. He was so sweet. <laughs> bowling my ball dad hand. survived the stanky leg. <laughs> <laughs> I like pulled through the stanky leg. Pulled through. It leaves more questions. He fucking made it. <laughs> I mean, he eventually died, but he fucking made it. Okay. <laughs> For a few years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, in March of 2021, ABC aired an investigative documentary series entitled Exposed the Ghost Train Fire, which directly mm. implicated Saffron in an arson plot to take control of the land Luna Park was on. Mm. One person interviewed for the series who had been at Luna Park on the night of the fire described several men he had seen in the park that day standing together wearing denim jackets. Don't trust him. Quote, I heard one of them say, quote, I spread the kerosene out and I lit it with a match. That's damning. And another one said, quote, you're a fool for doing it. And then they started running towards the exit. Um. So... Obviously, like this conflicting thoughts. This interview took place in 2021. The fire took place in 1979. Mm-hmm. You can't necessarily trust that memory. No, mm-hmm. but take it, you know, with a grain of salt. 
Two former senior Sydney police officers state in the documentary that they believe Saffron ordered the crime and that his involvement was systematically covered up by corrupt police and government figures on the mobster's payroll. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And he, like, was infamous for having a Cops ton in his of people, yes, in his pockets. The mafia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This this tracks. Mm-hmm. And it was really valuable land. Tracks. Tracks. <gasps> tracks. Oh, no. The same year the documentary was released, the Minister for Police and Emergency Services put out a $1 million reward for anyone who could provide information about the ghost train fire, because it's still technically an open case. As for now, however, it remains unsolved. It doesn't seem like it would take that much to start that fire. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't done intentionally. Yeah, the place was a fucking tinderbox as it is. It was a painted wooden maze where there's like air flowing in and out to like spread fire. Mm -hmm. Electricity at some point, you know. Cobwebs are fucking flammable as fuck. Like all that like Halloween decor. All the friction on the tracks. The whole thing may as well have been built out of fucking like dry Christmas trees. You could probably like light a book of matches and the whole thing would have gone up. Yes. Without accelerating. It did not Mm. take much. But it was intentional. I I think it was intentional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because how the fuck someone's smoking on the ghost train? I mean, it was the 70s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I feel like they can usually figure that out. Figure that out. And they ruled out electrical fire. So it's feeling a roll intentional to me. I could go either way. Kathy Dewar, who was working at a Luna Park food stand on the night of the fire, says in the documentary, quote, for me, there were actually two tragedies. First, there was the fire itself. The second tragedy for me was the failed investigation. Yep. Not having the truth come out. There was so much buried, so many facts distorted and hidden. I am definitely prepared at this point in my life to give a statement to the police. And I really resent the fact that I was not given the opportunity to do that at the time. Mm. Anyone who was at the park that evening should have been interviewed by the police. And whatever observations they had, whatever experiences they had, should have been documented and recorded. Absolutely. Yep. She is 100% correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the 36th anniversary of the fire, Jennifer Godson, the woman whose husband and two son died, oh, two sons died in the fire, her fucking soul, said in an interview that she and Jason Holman, the 12-year-old survivor where all of his friends died. Ugh. Oh so those, god, that was her child. No. No, no, no. Oh, it's okay. another kid, but like There's he was probably friends Godson with her son maybe. Holman. Got it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, basically there are these two groups. They were two. They were the two survivors. Right. They mm-hmm. were the two survivors. Ugh. And then both of them, you know, the rest of their whole group died. They didn't Ugh. know each other previously, but they're the two right. survivors. Now they're trauma bonded for life. Yes. So she said in an interview that she and Jason Holman, both of them, the sole survivors of their groups, have formed a lasting friendship. Quote, we're very close. It's like there's some kind of web that joins us together. We sort of had survivor's guilt. We're here and they're all not. Oh, my God. I'm glad that they have each other and they've connected with each other because there is no fucking way that I would be able to get through if I were this woman. This I I can't even I can't even imagine being Mm -hmm. any of the survivors of the I mean, I can't imagine being killed in this fire. And then fire. nobody is held to account. Nobody. None. Your whole no family is fucking wiped out and no one sees a sink, not even a day in court over it. Mm-mm. Fuck that. Poor, poor, poor And they had survivors. to fight to get a plaque. And that, which that was then, lost. 
got quote unquote lost mm. in the tree uprooted. I mean, they have just been shit on by this park over and over and over again. Unbelievable. Is this place still open? Please tell me God no. Yeah, there's still a park there. Oh, yeah, no. let's go and take upper deckers in every toilet. Okay, it looks like a casino in Las Vegas. It's hideous. Mm. Yeah, she's not cute. So that is my case. God, thanks, I guess. Yeah, it's really sad. Don't don't start insurance fires, even if you think it's an off-peak time, because, well, you could kill children. These little boys. I know, the the victims are so fucking cute. It's so sad. They're just little babies. They're They're just little babies that were, like, out for, like, a night on the town. It's so sad. After months of begging. Yeah. Yeah, for a couple of them, yeah. Okay, great. Love it. Moving on. Thanks, Kenyon. You're Um, welcome. This this is the point of the show. Thank you for setting that train on fire. And now let's hear a word from our sponsors. (laughs) Tell everyone. Oh, I just did. Yeah. We found her. Kenyon voted for the guy who set the ghost train on fire. Oh, my God. She did. (laughs) And Trump. Twist, though. She double voted. Twist. Twist, though, it was Biden. So. Thanks, Obama. Twist. Thanks, Obama. 2023 is our year, people. It's the year of good, feeling good, doing good, being good to yourself. And Kitsch makes feeling good simple with luxurious, game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts swear by. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. owned some Kitsch products before they were even a sponsor of this show. Love that. So whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch believes that you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices morning, noon, and night. Do Mm -hmm. not just savor it. Just lean into it. Yes, don't skimp. Started in 2010 by selling hair ties door to door, literally just hustle and a dream. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. I know. Kitsch is self-funded, female founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. They're for real. That's amazing. Kitsch's bestsellers include satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks. Mm. This is where my introduction to Kitsch came in. You know mm-hmm. I love an eye mask. Mm-hmm. I do know you love an eye mask. <laughs> Their satin is vegan and cruelty-free, and they are super great for your hair and your skin while you sleep. I love their satin pillowcases. They just stay cold. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I. it's always the cool side of the pillow. Yep. They also have shampoo and conditioner bars. Yes, bars. Love that. Bottle-free No plastic waste. Exactly. Oh, obsessed. And they have heatless satin curling rollers. So say bye-bye to heat damage. (gasps) Yeah, there are TikTok videos of people throwing away their $600 curlers for this. Love. The amazing thing is this is only a fraction of the price at $18. Stop. One eight. Oh, my God. USD. If you hear me running to order these rollers, (laughs) yeah, sorry. Kitsch also has quick dry hair towels. Love those. They're classic hair ties and scrunchies and so much more. You got to check them out. Mm -hmm. And right now, Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash gals. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H, dot com slash gals one more time mykitch.com slash gals for 30 percent off your order and treat your hair care treat it are you ready for my case are you ready yes i'm primed and ready to go 
Oh, God. As she strings okay. her cheese. Ooh. God, <laughs> please tell me that you're done with the soup. I'm not done. It's not gone, but I can be She's done. She's the slowest eater of all time. That was, That's a, true. That was a dumb question. I haven't but eaten also, dinner. This is my dinner. It's 8 o'clock. I get it. I get it. But also, I can't see you because I have to read my notes anyway. So it's fine. Sip away. Kenyon will just have to deal with it. Yep. So (laughs) y'all know I usually hate a mystery because my ADHD cannot handle open-ended shit. Mm -hmm. So like, thank you, Kenyon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. You love it. (laughs) But this one drew me in. And actually, I do think I know what happened. So I feel like a little better about it. And we'll discuss. So let's travel to a little town called Nashville, Mm. Indiana. Oh, <laughs> in the <laughs> in the nineteen oh, seventies. <laughs> gotcha. Oh no, I can. This is the homophobia is like radiating. I know. Oh, I can smell yeah. it. I can smell. This it. is a this is a quiet white community. Mm. You don't say. And and in the seventies, where this tale kind of takes place only about 700 people lived in the town and everyone was knew racist. everyone oh. well yeah, yeah. <laughs> comfortably living together in this racism colony mm-hmm. called nashville indiana mm-hmm. okay. so nothing ever happened here mm-hmm. this is like the kind of town that has like one bar one grocery store one gas station mm-hmm. and a funeral home one funeral home one paved road yeah one stop sign. everybody has like a tab at every store Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew everybody's business, which is like equal parts of my nightmare and the result of how I conduct myself on this podcast. So <laughs> I've done it to myself. Anyway, Clarence and Geneva Roberts were the king and queen of Nashville, Indiana. Everyone knew them. They were very involved in the community. Clarence and Geneva had been married since 1941. She came from a poor family, but together they rose in the Nashville, Indiana society. (laughs) Wow. They had four sons. Nashville, Indiana. (laughs) They had four sons and a successful family business, and they seemed to be the perfect couple. Everybody was like, whoa. Hello, Jackie and fucking JFK. Let's go. Clarence O. (laughs) So Clarence owned and operated the hard, not a hardware store, but the hardware store in town with his brother Carson. He, uh, Clarence, was elected sheriff in 1950 by a landslide, and he had a incredibly of of eligible voters. Yep. <laughs> and he had an incredibly high status at the Masonic Lodge and a gold oh, ring reserved only for those at this level to prove it. So apparently, 33rd degree Freemasons are like the top level that you can hit can we, and like can we do a freemasons crime i literally have it in my notes I'm, i need I'm a freemasons episode i'm adding I, it i don't know shit about them because, i think yeah. my grandfather might have been one or maybe he was a shriner like what's the one with the silly hat that's a shriner but i i don't know if that's related or not i'm i just added freemasons i need more crimes. information yeah okay good i'm glad we're all wanted to go on this rabbit hole because like can you tell my meds had not kicked in yet when i wrote this because i was like shriner silly hat who is this can we do a freemason but they're like all kind of connected connected Mm -hmm. it's all the illuminati it's all Mm -hmm. weird creepy old like white man frat is freemasons Mm -hmm. one word or two it's it's two i think freemasons anyway all this to say they were small town icons So it came as a huge shock when on November 18th, 1970, firefighters responded to a blaze at the garage, which is like shaped like a barn, on the Roberts property. 
After hours and hours and lots of community support fighting the massive blaze, they were able to assess the rubble and found the charred remains of a body in the ash. The body had no arms or legs and had a shotgun laying across the chest. We'll the get to fuck? it. Okay. Yeah. The remains were confirmed to be those of Clarence Roberts. The scene was odd, though, to say the least, and authorities speculated that Clarence, or whoever this body was, had died by suicide. It was like believed that it was Clarence at this time, possibly igniting the flames before turning the shotgun on himself. Without his arms or legs? Well, firefighters said the flames had been so hot that they could have burned his arms and legs clean off in the blaze. Now, to get ahead of Lucy's questions that I know are coming. <laughs> we know that fire doesn't get rid of everything, and it's it often does not get rid of bone. Mm-hmm. And I don't have all the details about the crime scene. So, like, I'm not sure if the arms and legs were, like, missing, like, completely gone. Or if the soft tissue had burned away and maybe, like, some of the connective tissue at the joints, thus separating the arms and legs from the torso, and mm-hmm. that they were maybe, like, charred and kind of... In little piles. In the piles. I don't know. In like a starfish of ash. I don't I don't know. I don't know, but I think (laughs) but I think we will we will know. I'm sorry. We don't know, but like like a starfish of ash. I'm visual. Like a Jackson Pollock of ash. We're gonna like we're gonna know five pointed (laughs) prism of ash. Like a pentagram (laughs) of ash. We're gonna know. When, once we get deeper into this, that, like, these arms and legs did not burn off. Okay. 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 But, like, at this point in the investigation, they didn't know this. The okay. investigators were like, oh, wow, burned his arms and legs, clear it off. That's Clarence Roberts right there. He shot himself in the face. Cut off his arms. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some forensic accounting, though, did show that the hardware store was in serious debt. Mm. And this certainly supported the theory that Clarence had taken his own life. So this is a quote from Unsolved Mysteries, which has like an entire wiki fandom that goes deep into all these cases. And I'm obsessed. So I love Unsolved Mysteries. Yep. And I will let folks know at the end which episode this is so that you could potentially go watch it. So from Unsolved Mysteries, quote, to finance his extravagant lifestyle, like he'd like to buy shit. He had like multiple cars and shit. Clarence sold his hardware business and gambled everything on two property investments an apartment building, and several grain elevators. All of these investments failed. Mm. He also submitted altered and or fictitious bills to an insurance company regarding the apartment complex that he purchased. Mm. By fall of 1970... I'm burping. Me too. Woo! Okay. (laughs) By fall of 1970, he knew that he was in serious trouble. In October, so one month before the fire, Sheriff Warren Roberts, who happens to be Clarence's brother. Oh, so Clarence was the sheriff for a while, and then his brother became sheriff. Passed the baton to Warren. Wow. What a Nepo baby. Such a Nepo baby. (laughs) Is that what it's called? Is that what that is? Yeah. It's like a hot word now. I don't even, like a nepotism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nepo babies are a Hollywood thing. If you watch fucking. It's an everything thing. I know. If you watch Euphoria, then you like Nepo babies. Get over it. God. So Clarence's brother, who is now the sheriff or the sheriff at this time, repossessed two of his fancy cars. Oh, his brother (laughs) had to repossess. His his own brother had to do it. (laughs) Not great. So Clarence and Geneva were left desolate and desperate. Without cars. Without cars. Well, they had probably one of their cars, but like they had had like five. But like they're fine. 
They're, I mean, they're poor, but they're fine. They're, they're not going to fucking die. They're poor white people in a community that will support them. So they fine. didn't need, let's just say They Clarence, went from being rich to. To being not to, rich. To faking being rich to now actually not being rich. Yeah. Yeah. So Clarence and Geneva, like I said, they're, they're, they're penniless at this point. Robert, or Bob, the brother, recalled that Clarence had become depressed and possibly suicidal around this time. Ashamed of his squandered fortune, a close friend of Clarence reported that he had seen the man crying and speaking of suicide as a means to, quote, make his wife the richest widow in Brown County. Oh, God. So Clarence had taken out a $1 million life insurance policy in 1970. So this is a lot of fucking money. It's a lot of fucking money now. Mm Mm-hmm naming Geneva as the beneficiary. And he did this not long before the fire, like mm-hmm. weeks, maybe a month or so. Smart. Like, that is the smartest thing you could do. It's the most smartest. Because it's not so, going to pay out if it's proved to be a suicide. Am I right? Exactly. I well, mean, it's not going to pay out if on, it's proved to be fraud, for sure. Correct. It's the fraud that's more concerning because the suicide is more like a case-by-case case and insurance company-by-insurance company, by insurance company oh, for, situation. Oh, okay, I but get the, it. But if it turns out to be fraud... Right, then, yeah. Then they're not going to fucking pay. Or okay. premeditated, for sure. I'm if a it's, little slow. I, I get it. No, you're, the yeah, day quill has faded. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Big time. I get it. So County Coroner Jack Bond reviewed all of the information gathered from the from the fire and the first report that had declared the remains to be those of Clarence Roberts. Jack doesn't think it is Clarence Roberts. So he finds several egregious details in these reports. Though the death had been suspected of suicide, there was actually no reported head wound at all which would be almost impossible to miss even if fire had eaten away at all the soft tissue of the skull and even if a large portion of the skull had been charred. Yeah. A shotgun blast would be extremely hard to miss. Mm-hmm. A shotgun's going to blow your whole gourd apart. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Also, the way Clarence had been identified in the first in the fire was weak at best. Mm-hmm. His gold Masonic ring engraved with his name was found underneath the remains, but it was barely damaged. What? The remains were al- where allegedly the arms and legs had burned clear off from the intense heat of the fire. A heat intense enough to destroy bone would immediately destroy gold, which has a much lower melting point. So someone tossed and his arms and legs and a, hands are gone. A body or a or a not even a body burned it and then was like, shit, it's got to be Put me. Put the ring in there. Put, throw the ring in there. Put the ring in there. Lay down the shotgun. It's a suicide. Mm. We're good. Where does arms and legs go? We don't know. Maybe he never so, Maybe he never. Well, no, he did. But <laughs> we'll get to it. Then they went to dental but records. His class and the record ring was in perfect condition. Condition. <laughs> it's a Masonic never ring. It's not a class inside. ring. Whatever. 33rd class level. Class of the Mason ring. Whatever. So <laughs> then they went to look at the dental records, this coroner, and the records on Clarence Roberts did not match the remains found in the fire. There were no teeth. No, this guy's an idiot, left his teeth. Because of the suspect nature of the fire and the evidence collected, the insurance company refused to pay out the policy to Geneva, leaving her penniless and working as a dishwasher in a local restaurant. Wow, he really did spend all their money. Yeah. Yeah, she had nothing. Wow. So 
Did Clarence want out of his debt without having to actually take his own life? Probably. Did he stage an entire scene to fake his own death? Probably. Collect on life insurance and live in secret with his wife? Probably. If so, where the fuck was he? If the town was so goddamn small, wouldn't someone notice him lurking around? Did he have the balls to cut off the arms and legs of the deceased in an attempt to remove points of identification? There's a lot of evidence to support this theory. But why not? Why arms and legs and not just hands and feet? I don't know. I, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Extra precaution. We don't know. Probably. Maybe, maybe the, the maybe the cadaver, maybe the cadaver had tattoos or mm. something, something identifying. I, or I, the cadaver that, was like way taller than him. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Pure speculation. I don't know. But any of those things could be why. But despite being denied and being like, bitch, it's fraud, Geneva worked for years appealing the decision not to pay out the policy, eventually going to trial nine years after the fire. (laughs) But she didn't have a fucking case because the evidence was too compelling to show this was a bullshit claim, even without knowing where Clarence was, whether he was dead or alive, or having enough evidence to criminally convict Geneva of being part of an insurance scam. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't know what she did or didn't know. They were just like, yeah. no, bitch, you're not getting this fucking money. Go figure it out. Mm. And it went to trial. Mm. And at trial, the insurance company called forth an anthropologist who presented evidence of, quote, butchering marks on the charred bones. Mm-hmm. So someone chopped. There was chopping. Not Hack. just burning. There was chopping. Hacking. Yep. Mm-hmm. Indicating that they had been hacked apart. Ooh. An arson expert also gave compelling testimony that the fire had been intentionally set and three witnesses claimed to have seen Clarence since his quote unquote death. Mm. Quote, insurance investigator William Mitchell received reports of Clarence living in New Mexico, Mexico and West Germany. All of them. A man named Robert Hillenberg, a former Nashville, Indiana resident (laughs) who moved to New Mexico reported seeing Clarence in Las Palmas, Mexico in 1975. So five years after the fire, Mm. other acquaintances reported seeing him in various locations in 1972, 74 and 75, but none of the sightings could be substantiated. Imagine the gossip in the garage with the beers Mm -hmm. in a town of 700 people talking about well i saw clarence let me tell you about i saw him in las palmas mexico this would literally be the best yeah small town situation fucking ever the vfw must have been lit Uh literally on literally on fire so lit (sighs) the meat raffles must have been dope the hush when What's her name? Walks into a room. Oh, when she goes to the grocery <laughs> store. When Geneva walks into yeah. a grocery store. She can't go anywhere anymore. Anywhere. Yeah. She isn't. She was always an icon. Now she is. Infamous. She's an icon of Nashville, Indiana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indiana. Indiana. So even though Clarence couldn't be found right then and there, he was declared alive. And the remains that once were thought to be his were reburied in an unmarked grave, having been proven not to be his. Mm. But they are still unidentified to this day. Ha- However, mm, did I miss this? How were they proven not to be his? Because dental records didn't match. Oh, the, the ring okay. was obviously planted because yeah, yeah, yeah. it okay. would have melted mm-hmm. the hack marks on the on the bones. Mm-hmm. It's just no fucking way that that was him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, however, on November 17th, two days before the blaze, Clarence was spotted in a bar in nearby Morgantown befriending a vagrant. Oh, no, he killed. They fully killed someone. <gasps> the man was described as about 5'7 to 5'9. It's a fresh body. He needs a fresh body. He's got to mm-hmm. do it himself. 
Mm-hmm. And this man was about, according to these reports, these witness reports, this man was about the same age as Clarence. Clarence told the man that he had some odd jobs at his house that he would pay him to do, and the man agreed to go with him. This was like overheard at the bar. God. As they were leaving, the man collapsed from some unknown cause, drugs. possibly drinking, or and like, like he's a vagrant, drugged. and he hadn't eaten. He was drugged. Yeah, or, or he was drugged. Yep. Could have been. Could have been any of these. Of course he was drugged. Clarence might have drugged him. Yeah. But like also why Some drug sleeping him? sleeping pills to get him but, to get him in this car. Well, but he had already agreed to go with him to do the odd job. So why not offer him like water or a beer? Well, he doesn't want him to fight in the car. At the house. I don't think he would fight. I think if you kept, I mean, I don't Jeanine know. Jeanine doesn't know. want that shit in her house. At what point would he decide to kill him? He doesn't want to attack him. He doesn't want the violence. He wants him already passed out, already yeah. unresponsive. Oh, for sure. And then I just feel like cut maybe... his shit off. Yeah, yeah. If it were me, mm. if I were Clarence, I would have drugged him personally. I, well, sure. I also would have drugged him, but I wouldn't have drugged him at the bar. I because he's already I agreed to come with me him. to my house to do odd jobs. <laughs> okay. So I wouldn't need to drug him at the bar. What I would do mm. is I'd get him started on some odd jobs. Offer him a beverage, mm. drug him, mm. and then kill him. So that's like this timeline to me doesn't really add. This is not logical. Well, not everyone's Clarence. as smart as you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's obvious. But also easier to already have him in your vehicle. Yeah, but then you got to lift a dead weight five nine Look, guy out of your car first, and drag it's him. Better than lifting him twice. Mm-hmm. I'd rather only lift him once. Exactly. By not so, yeah, so, so don't drug him, okay, him, so drug him before he gets in the car. On. No, I, see I will what die you're on both this hill. Saying, but I need to go pump. So we need I to get through need this. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Drug to him before he gets in the let car. Us know. So he's already in the car. You can dismember in the car. Then you drag it out. But he didn't dismember him in the car. <sighs> There's no evidence of the car that he dismembered him. In the well, car. whatever. You're moving him one less place. If you want to know drugged. if he was drugged. You want to be sure that he, he doesn't get wise too early. So you 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 preempt out of caution and you drug Listen. him in the bar and he's already a drunk. So he, no one's going to be suspicious of you carrying him out. It's stupid. I said what I said. I'm going to move on. Okay. <laughs> so Clarence said that he would take the man to the hospital because he collapsed like in the doorway of the bar and everybody's okay. like, holy shit. But investigators later checked all of the hospitals within a 300-mile radius and found that the man fitting this description had not been admitted to any of them on the night in question. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, an autopsy determined that the victim in the fire died of carbon monoxide before the start of the fire. The banker later repossessed Clarence's truck and discovered holes in the exhaust so system apparently made by a hammer of of a similar instrument. One of his cars. I don't know which car he took him so from the bar So he only lifted him? Well, he did lift him twice, but yeah. he drugged him. He cared, sure. got him in the car. I'm taking <laughs> Killed him. <laughs> Your fucking purple mattress. <laughs> killed him with the carbon monoxide in the car. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. dumb. It's not a smart move. You have to do. You have to lift so much dead weight. That's I'm just fucking saying stupid. that's what happened. It is. It probably is. Yeah. But it's fucking dumb. So one it month worked. after this, <laughs> did it? Well, I mean, it worked in the sense that this man is this innocent man is dead and burned. At least he wasn't Sorry, burned alive. I'm rejoicing I guess. this. No, like, I get it. That's a win. Being Take the right. W. 
And also that Clarence, this so fucking few. asshole murderer, didn't and it, it, get it. his payout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one month after this trial ends, where the insurance company is like, nah, bitch, you're not getting this money. <laughs> they declare this fire a fraud. Clarence has been deemed alive, albeit missing. And then on November 29th, 1980, so 10 years almost to the day. Mm. Isn't 10 another- years the, 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 the limit for like if you're missing to be declared dead? Yes, Isn't but it I 10 think years? Because, because we didn't go to trial until not like nine years after too and then yeah then he was declared alive like at that trial nine years after okay but it was just like a a loose yeah he's probably alive but actually we don't know because we haven't seen him we don't know where he is but this guy is not about those days after thanksgiving where he just needs to set a fake fire yeah so (laughs) another huge fire breaks out Mm -hmm. this time at geneva's home that she had been renting since the quote-unquote death of her husband once again, the small but mighty fire crew battled the flames for hours on end until it was finally safe to assess the wreckage. Inside the charred shell of the home, they found two bodies. These bodies were identified as Geneva Roberts and fucking Clarence Roberts. So they, they did die in a fire, but together? Yep. What? Y'all. On purpose nuts. or karma? We'll, we'll see. Okay. A good, this is a good question. We know that the fire was intentionally set. This was arson. But the theories... The vagrant came back. I know what you did last summer. No, the vagrant's dead. Okay. Vagrant's dead. He's got no arms or legs. He, he, he's buried. Okay. So family members were asked to help identify Clarence's body, and they all reported that it was not Clarence. <gasps> nobody believed he had died in the 1970 fire, and nobody believed he had died in the 1980 fire. But he killed Geneva? Maybe. They believed the remains to be those of a man who had been living on and off with the, quote, widow, Mrs. Roberts, in the rented house for the last six years. Family members did not know his name, but neighbors had seen him and also claimed that he was not Clarence. So who the fuck was that guy? <laughs> yeah, really? Was it was it Clarence in disguise? Yeah, or was she seeing a guy on the side and Clarence got pissed? I don't know. If it's Everyone Clarence thought- playing not Clarence... It could be Clarence playing not Clarence. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Clarence I know. Everyone that's thought, just weird. It's it's weird, but if he faked his death trying to get insurance money and didn't really have anywhere else to go they and just wanted, wanted to, to stay with, with his, his wife, wife I could see it. I could see the logic. Especially yeah. if nobody else like got to know the person living there. Yep. Everybody thought this whole situation was super sus, including a reporter named Helen Ayers, who had been covering this story and had formed a friendship with Geneva. She always said she felt like Geneva was hiding something or someone refusing to speak with her inside her home and always sitting with her on the back porch instead, which was like a point of interest because especially in this town where hospitality is so key. Yeah, you invite people in. Being invited in is like a, it's like a but foundation. She couldn't invite someone in because then they she would could see not. that it was Clarence. Or, or not someone. Clarence. So neighbors told Helen when interviewed that they had heard Geneva speaking with a man in the house from time to time, but that the man's voice was not Clarence's voice. Even Clarence's own sister, who lived next door, said the voice was not Clarence. Next door. Next door. Ultimately, the second body in the home was identified as belonging to Clarence, but in Nashville, Indiana, the mystery remains. So it's just there are two camps. There are people who say, yeah, it was Clarence. He was living there the whole time. And other people who say... 
this is some rando. That's not Clarence. Where the fuck is Clarence? Wow. So again, weird. from Unsolved Mystery, it's so fucking weird, you guys. From Unsolved Mysteries, quote, the second fire was a clear-cut case of arson. Detectives could clearly follow the burn patterns from Geneva's bed into the adjacent room where Clarence's body was located and then down a hallway and out the back door of the house. So it was a third. They're saying these two people were killed and it was a third party who did it. And that's also a possibility. Or Clarence killed Geneva, poured all the shit and then was like, well, there's no way I'm getting away with this. And then doused himself, doused himself, went back in the house. And just went down with the ship. I, like, we don't fucking know. It's so wild. So, based on the evidence, they determined that Geneva had been murdered. They are certain that turpentine was used to ignite the fire. However, they don't know who started it. It could have been Clarence. It could have been a third party. So, Detective Anderson, an investigator who is assigned to the case, believes that a third party might have been responsible. And questions still circle this case. The third party might be the real Clarence. It might be the real Clarence, or it might be the lover that Geneva had been with. Clarence shows back up. Yeah. The lover is like, fuck this. Y'all are going down and lights them on. Kills Geneva. And lights them on fire. We don't know. Oh, God, this is so twisted. Isn't it weird? Yes, it's weird. So, like, we. There are so many questions around this case. And this case is considered closed. So, like, we're not (laughs) going to fucking find out. Okay. But, like, who was the man in the first fire with the arms and legs chopped off? Who set the second fire? Why did they set the second fire? Who was the mysterious person, man, at Geneva's house? And why did she hide his identity? Like, if she was a widow, who fucking cares that she's seeing somebody else? That's why I think it was Clarence. Clarence in disguise. And the ki- that's the key question. Like, where the fuck is Clarence? Is he in the grave of the 1980 victim? And some family members are doubtful of this. They protested when a headstone with his name was put in place. And the answers to these questions, we may never know. Wait, you your theory is that Clarence is still alive and he d- orchestrated all of this? No. My theory is that the second fire... The, he the started body, it. Yeah. The body found it in was the a murder-suicide. Murder-suicide. I think it was either a murder... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually mostly think it was a murder-suicide because I think Clarence never left. I think he was disguising his voice. Or he left voice. for a short period and came back. Exactly. Mm. I think he was disguising his voice. I think he was in disguise. Mm-hmm. And that the whole point of this was for him to fake his own death. They mm-hmm. collect a million dollars. And that it didn't work and, out. And that it didn't work out. But like, where the fuck is he going to go? Mm-hmm. At what point did I, his sister think that it was not his voice in the house? Was that after the was, second fire? No, she was interviewed over the course of the time that everybody's still gossiping and trying to figure out what the fuck was going on with the first fire Okay, by that reporter, Helen. Got it, got it, got it. And neighbors and Helen had, uh, neighbors and the sister had told Helen like, oh yeah, you, of course you weren't invited into the house. There's some rando living in there. She's trying to keep him a secret. We don't know what the deal is, but we've heard him and we've seen him a couple times. And it's not He's not Clarence. Okay. It's Clarence. But it could have fucking been Clarence. Might have been Clarence. It was probably Clarence. Wow. So I don't know. But the prevailing theories are Clarence murdered Geneva and and an unknown man before setting the house on fire. And then he fled. So there's a theory that he's alive. Mm-hmm. And he got another it, body to yep. fake himself. Or or not even just getting another body, but like maybe that was the lover. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's like a medical. There are. Someone took like the coroner took like an X-ray of his remains of Clarence at the second fire, 
and was able to like match shit from the x-rays to medical history of Clarence. That's why I really do think it is him. The second body is him. So like if he, if he lit it You think he should sh- shoot himself. I do. Okay. I do. If if he if the first theory is the one we're going to go to, it doesn't make sense to me because then like where the fuck is Clarence? And who is the second guy? And there like, haven't been any sightings of yeah. him since the 1985. Not not that I know of. The first guy wasn't Clarence. Mm-hmm. But the family, given that first fuck up, is still really doubtful that mm. Clarence is buried in the ground of the as the 1980 victim. Wow. So I I just don't think we're ever really gonna know. But I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Pretty with confident you too. it's Clarence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, blah, they, blah, couldn't, blah. but they couldn't look at the teeth. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they did. But it's, I, eight, I, it's 1980, so. Yeah. yeah. So another theory, Clarence and Geneva died by suicide together so that their children could cash in on their life insurance after almost a decade of struggling to cash out their policy. Mm. I don't know if they are selfless enough for this. I think it's less about making sure their kids get the money and more about there's no way we're going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and we It's fucking done. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we hate being poor. And if I can't have Geneva, then nobody can. So I'm going to fucking kill her and then mm-hmm. end it all. Mm-hmm. Or she's or, pissed at him that he got them into this situation. And now she's like washing dishes every night and he can't leave the apartment. And yep, they're, they're like miserable. stuck together. Yeah. Like you're in hiding. Yeah. I'm it's not, not. It's high stress. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the last theory that kind of or the last couple theories that get kicked around. Clarence killed Geneva in a fit of jealousy because she was secretly seeing another man and then either killed himself or died accidentally in the fire or Clarence and Geneva were killed by an unknown third party. These are like all the ones that are floating around. It could, like you just said, it could be something completely out of left field. Could be. Like, absolutely it could be. That's kind of what I was thinking about the roller coaster, the ghost rider thing it's like that could have mm. been an accident it could have been a complete yep. been an fucking accident it could have been mm-hmm. i don't think this was mm-hmm. this is two this big was ass not fires an accident. this no, was this, intentionally set it's definitely all intentional and very fucking confusing and like clarence kind of died twice and like where the fuck was clarence for 10 years two to three and, like, times uh, no twice there were two fires that had clarence's quote-unquote remains in them okay. so i it's just it's the whole thing is absurd mm. and if you want to watch the smoke there's fire there's clarence <laughs> also if you want to watch the unsolved <laughs> mysteries episode of this case it aired on december 14th 1988 <laughs> and it is season one episode nine and that's my case. Well done. Isn't it weird? Really wow. fucking weird. It's so weird. There's a lot love of it fire case. arson mysteries this episode. Uh, so many mysteries. Oh, I think I already covered it for a live show, but I also was really loving. Well, not loving. It's a horrible story. But that case of like the whole family in like some small town like Iowa or something where the house burned down. The Sodder like, children. Yes, yeah, so they like couldn't find the remains yeah. of a lot of the kids, there were, like, and nobody eight knows where the fuck kids they are. And five of them, like they don't know where they are. Weren't recovered. We, it's we've covered so that case, weird. and we covered the the firefighter who turned out to be the pyromaniac. Yep. I so don't we, yep. think that was Iowa. I think that was like Australia. It wasn't, mm, or maybe New Zealand. I think it was New Zealand. It was in Iowa. I don't know. I don't know. I you know what I mean. My boobs are leaking. I love you both yeah, great, so great. much. We'll talk to you I next week. I love you too. Okay, bye-bye. Love you. It was in West Virginia. 
Okay, bye. Oh, nailed it. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!